Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 308 of Physical Kids Weekly, six short stories about magic. I'm Clara. And I'm Danny. And we started today's episode out without a clip to honor what makes this episode so unique, a 10-minute segment about Marley Matlin's character Harriet that has no sound whatsoever. We're also doing something else with this episode that we've never done before. We're talking with two guests who are paired together on this episode. Our first guest plays Fen on The Magicians, and you've met her before. Please join us in welcoming the beautiful, the talented, the Cheetos-obsessed Brittany Curran <laughs> back to Physical Kids Weekly. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, thank you. It's my favorite way to be introduced. <laughs> <laughs> um, our second guest is new to the podcast, but her character is one of the most central, iconic, and uh, I think even controversial characters on The Magicians. Julia Wicker has it's experienced true. the full gauntlet of human emotions. She's even lost her shade, and through all of it, Stella Maeve has portrayed her with grace and empathy. Stella, welcome to Physical oh, Kids Weekly. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's happy to be here. We're so happy to have you both here. Um, and Brittany, thank oh. you for suggesting having you on as a pair. I think this is going to be really fun. Yeah, no, we had so much fun like working together. So I thought it would be really cool to be we do. together again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So both of your characters have been through a lot in the last season or so. Brittany, your character Fen did something she's never done before in the last episode. She put her needs first and asserted herself with Elliot. So what has it meant to you, Brittany, to be able to play a character that goes through that kind of transformation? It meant a lot because I, as you know, have internalized Fen so much. And so to see her, you know, grow up in this archaic world and then get married to a man who ends up putting her in the corner all the time and kind of get, you know staying in this archaic belief of, oh, the woman has to stay at home. I'm going to go off an adventure and you get to stay here and, and not really have a say in any decisions. And so to finally like tell Elliot, like I have feelings too, and I'm upset and this is bothering me like truly and deeply. And I need to go off and do this thing for myself. I was so, when I read that scene, I was like, so I cried. I was so excited that I finally got to, and there's a lot more to be said, but I, I think that, yeah, no, it meant a lot to me. Uh, and it meant a lot to Fen being able to finally say that stuff and do her and then go meet um, the most wonderful woman who's like probably been the nicest person ever to Fen <laughs> which is Julia <laughs> yeah it's cool I was just gonna say it's really cool because I, th I feel like these two women help each other kind of find their voices in in different ways it's, it's like yeah Ju through through Fen finding hers Julia comes back back to herself in a weird way. You know what I mean? So it's like both of these women developing like new skill sets with each other's support that they wouldn't have normally, I guess. I completely agree. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Stella, your character has gone through a pretty big transformation too. Most of last season dealt with in one way or another, the aftermath of Julia's traumas. This season, she's suddenly the most powerful magician on earth, but the thing that makes her most powerful is directly tied to the worst thing that ever happened to her. So how do you think that changes the way she understands and wields her power? Oh, the irony of life, right? <laughs> I think uh, that's a great question. Um, I think that it it's such a good metaphor because I feel, and I can't speak for anyone but myself, but I, I know it to be true for me. It's, it's like... God, it, it, the things that drive you as a human or, and, and the things that drive me and the things that have made me a better person and, and have made me who I am today um, came from came from a lot of good, but it came from strife and it came from like 
really, you know, awful things that have happened and, and they shape you and they make you. And, and it's sort of like without the bad, the good can't exist. Mm-hmm. So without these, these things that happen in life that can be really traumatizing and awful, they also are what make you more powerful and, and able to sort of be able to exist in this universe um, and not only exist, but coexist and also help people. Like my mom is, my mom was a victim and is my hero and one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. And now what she's done with that is she's a therapist and a social worker and and she helps people every day. So it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like you go through these things in life that are so awful and then it can propel you. Um, and, and that's what Julia has, you know, it's like, she's, she's got this godlike power and she got it from an awful source. So at first it's like, she doesn't want it. She hates it. It's a constant reminder of, of, of the rape and everything that was taken from her and everything that happened to her. Um, and then once you accept yourself and, and can accept that these things have happened, uh, instead of being in denial and, and fully embrace yourself and love yourself for it because you have grown and it's, and it's made you who you are, then, then you're able to not only be okay with you, but be in your power and then help the world too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really, that. I really think it comes back to that. Like one of the first, you know, amazing quotes from the show and also the book magic comes from pain. Like, I feel like, you know, your strength and like all the beautiful moments in life still come from pain as well. Well, and it's, yeah, I, I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think Lev has talked about how like his views on that have evolved over time. And one of the things that I think is really powerful is that you can like saying magic comes from pain doesn't mean that you have to experience pain to have that power, but it does mean that like you can make something great out of the, even the worst experiences in your life. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting getting older. Cause it's like when we're young, we think being an artist, you know, it, it's got to come from this like chaotic, crazy, stressful, like awful, you know, you know, pain or, or, or trauma or anger or like just a struggle that's wretched. And then you get older and you realize like, I can actually make great art without having to, to put myself mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of like once these things happen to you and I've, I've, I've been a victim. I've had, I've had a sexual assault happen to me as well. And I, I, man, it's like one of the most, it's the hardest thing to, to get over, especially as a woman and like what's been happening and, and, and everything in the world. But it's, it's really like self-acceptance and, and what you said is perfect. It doesn't have to come, you don't have to create pain to make great art or to be a goddess or to, you know, help the world. But if, if terrible things do happen, it's okay to look, to reflect back on it or be able to utilize that to propel you into the light, like into the goodness rather than to stay in the dark. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I've absolutely found that like, obviously I use pain and in situations that I've been through in life, both good and bad to inspire and, and, you know, I don't know, it just, it, just, it, it helps me figure out 
my roles and and like how a person would react. But I find that like using that stuff from my past and accepting it and then moving on and using it for good is different than being in a place of stress or pain or whatever, like while I'm doing it. So like, I just know for me, like, let's say literally, let's say I'm on set and I have like a really emotional, painful scene that I'm doing. The easiest way for me to do it is actually to be at a place of peace, like for Brittany, like where I am at my life, because then when you start from a place of peace and happiness and acceptance, then you can allow yourself to really go there and really honor what the character is going through. So it's this combination of accepting things and being through them, but then finding your own peace. Like being able to be the vessel that it can, it can sort of like, you are the vessel that it comes through rather than to live in that or to fight yourself on it. And that's what I feel like Julia was fighting herself for so long. And Fen too, I feel like they were fighting themselves. Mm -hmm. And then instead of doing that, they found each other and were able to like then love themselves. Yeah. Yeah, God, that's so true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It just makes me more excited for this pairing. And it's, I mean, it was such a great episode. Um, One of the things that we keep coming back to on our show and um, I think just sort of keeps coming up in the, in the conversations around the magicians is that it really makes space for um, characters, particularly female characters to be flawed and complicated and to go through all sorts of awful things, but also to like, maybe not always be likable. Um, I think that fans though can sometimes struggle with that. And so Stella, I I wanted to ask you first, what would you say to fans who really struggle with Julia's flaws? Gosh, you know, it's so hard because it's, it, it, it's really hard to a, just be a human in general. (laughs) Right. And then to play, to deal with like your own mistakes. And then to play someone else who, who goes through life and, and may not necessarily do the, the things the way that I, Stella, would do them. Or maybe I don't agree with certain things. Um, you know, it's not my place to judge Julia as Stella. Like, it's not my place to judge this character or to judge what the writers have written for her. It, it, is, it is just for me to accept it and, and do what is, what is on the page and written and, and try to bring that to life as best as possible. Um, I, I wish that we lived in a world where people had more empathy and were more patient and understanding. Um, because the whole thing is like, it's the journey, right? And, and so you're going to watch people mess up and you're going to watch awful things happen. And then you're going to watch great things happen. And then, you know, hopefully if, you as a human or your character evolves, which is like the ride we all want to take, um, that, that people can, can be along for that journey rather than to just be so predisposed to anger and judgment and frustration. Um, it would just, I, I, I guess that's what I would have to say, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I try not to judge the things that happen or the things that are written whether or not I would say I would agree with them. And a lot of the time, you know, we, we, we do have to say things or do things that we definitely, it's, it's uncomfortable or we don't, you know, uh, so yeah, I guess I would just ask for people to sort of like take a step back and, and just have some patience and sort of just like listen and learn and watch. My mom has this great quote. It's, it's, um, learn from other people's mistakes. You don't have enough time to make them all yourself. Oh, that's good. So it's like, yeah, it's Eleanor Roosevelt, I think, but it's, it's cool. It's like, you're not going to live long enough to like, you know, do them all yourself. So maybe try to 
watch what happens with someone else and try to try to be better, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we uh, pretty much go on <laughs> rants all the time about how much we love uh, Julia's characters, despite her flaws. That makes me happy. That, <laughs> I love her, too. And everybody's so, it's so hard on her. And it's like, God, man. I, she's so Julia's strong. always mm-hmm. been my favorite. My favorite since I read the books. So, I mean, you've done an amazing job. Thank you, Dan. Making <laughs> this awesome. character come to life. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so, we do have a question for Brittany. What's one thing that you've learned from Finn? Oh, God, now I'm thinking about Julia. (laughs) (laughs) I got to shift back into Fen. Um, What's one thing I learned from Fen? Gosh, I've learned a lot from her. Um, I don't know. I would say I've learned... uh, Let me think this through. Man, I never really... I never thought about it in in this particular way before. You know, throughout the seasons, I've mentioned Fen's grown a lot. And in the beginning, when we first meet her, she's much different from me than how she is now. I think, I think we're slowly aligning more the, the more the story goes on. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that I've learned from her is really recent. And it was in the scene when she tells Elliot that she needs to take her own space and, and kind of heal for herself and I think it's really important for us to remember that we, we, you know, you don't have to be happy all the time. You don't have to speak about being likable. Cause like I have this thing about you know, being likable and, and pleasing people and making other people happy. And it's so important that what does likable even mean, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes being not, being not super happy and just needing to like turn off the happy, pretty everything and just like going in a corner and dealing it without you're on your own is important. So I think I've learned that from her, like not needing to impress everybody, not needing to like be there for the, for this other person, but being there for yourself. There's a, cause then you can be there for more, you know, yep. if you're not for yourself, you will never be able to be there for other people. Truly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, I liked what you said about like, what is likable. There's a quote in, in one of my favorite books, which is contact by Carl Sagan. And I can't remember exactly what the word is, but it's something kind of similar where it talks about like, um, a, a man being, um, I'm going to go with likable cause I don't remember the word, but likable and how that's not the same as being liked that like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. That's a really good point. And it's right, like we we make yeah. ourselves be this version of what we think other people will want. And it's it's not, not necessarily either. what they want. Like at, at best, I think it's inoffensive. Um mm-hmm. and it cuts off like a really big portion of who we are. Um and I think women especially are prone to doing this, to like accommodating other people. You're so right. It's funny, I was taking this. Uh, it was like a writing course or something. And I, I wish I could remember the exact quote, but it was, um, oh God, I'm going to butcher it, but it was talking about writing screenplays, but this applies to any kind of writing or any kind of storytelling. And it said that, um, specific is universal. Uh, meaning mm. if you write your specific, if you just try to write a story that you think everybody will like and everybody will identify mm. with it, nobody will identify with it. You know, I, it's so crazy that you're saying this. Sorry. <laughs> really? I'll let you finish. I'll no. say, I'll let you finish. No, well, yeah, so I was just saying, like, the story, the stories that we watch, you know, um, like, like Moonlight, for instance, which is this brilliant oh, film that won so Best beautiful. Picture last year. Most people have not gone through, you know, that exact story in their lives, but we all can find 
something brilliant and beautiful and we all like understand something about it, that, you know, yeah. but it, because it's so wonderfully specific and exact, you know, what are you going to say, Stella? I was just going to say, I went through this weird, like I, I was having like an existential crisis because I, I go through this through various phase, phases in my life, like every few years. I've been known to like delete all social media and just go off of the grid. Yeah. And then like, you'll get a job like magicians and they're like, they put it in your contract and so you have to get back on it. And so it's like pulled, it's ropes me back in because of like formalities. But I went through this thing recently where I was like, man, I'm not on it enough, you know, and I don't tweet enough or I don't do this enough. And so there was like a, a short time span and I was, I was kind of around some people that were, you know, doing it to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there was like a minute and, and with my social media, I've always posted like things that spoke to me mm-hmm. or like something that I thought was cool or like an interesting photo, like, or, or just a cool quote. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be every day, but it would be authentic. Like whatever mm-hmm. it was, it was like, I, I remember your tribute to Prince when he died. Um, cause it was that it was yeah, like really authentic. I'm, <laughs> I'm in love with him. Like I like, he's my, he's like my, uh, I don't know. He's my guru. You know, he's like one of my biggest influences he keeps me going. Um, but yeah, I, I just, and, and then I went through this weird thing like a couple of weeks ago where I was like, man, I, I can't just do this to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather not do it and pick it up every three months and have it just be authentic than to do this every day and not even believe what I'm doing, you know, or what I'm saying. And I, I kind of was like, who is this person? You know what I mean? I had a yeah. moment of like, this isn't me. And I don't want to do this just to gain more followers or to, to, to do it because this is what you're supposed. It's like the follow the followers or, or the people that you connect with, you'll connect with when you're authentically doing it yourself rather than to try to appease the masses and like create this thing that's inauthentic. It's, you know, and it was summer that I was talking to about it. Cause you know, she was like, well, I got to get more followers and I got it. And it's like, what I've learned is like the followers will come like when you are okay with you and like, mm-hmm. it won't just be followers. It'll be like the right people that you want on your team. And it's like, we can mm-hmm. follow each other and we can be there. So it's just funny that you're bringing this up because it's like, I feel like when you're, it's, you're 100% right. And I just went through something like that in my life. Yeah, you know, totally. Like, what are we do? What are we doing this for and why? And, and who is it that we want to speak to? And what is the message that we want to send to people through our art? Yep, yeah, absolutely. We, we were just telling Felicia why about why we think like for our podcast is actually semi-successful is because we are always passionate and authentically ourselves. Totally. And it's yeah, like, are. that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not, a, it's not a popularity contest. It's about, you know, being and embracing like who you are and being different and, and being able to talk about that in an open forum and, and connect with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I think this yeah, has come definitely. up in like all of our interviews this season because because uh, we talked really? yeah we talked about some similar stuff um, with uh, Felicia like she was talking about how like she realized that um, she she. She, she sort of became successful at a time when she didn't really know what she wanted. And so it was a process of figuring out that like she had to still pursue the things she wanted and not try to like fit herself into this mold that other people wanted. And Arjun was talking about some similar stuff. I don't remember as much the details of that because it was in January, but like it's, it seems to be the theme yeah. of, uh, of this season of our podcast. So it's kind of neat that it's coming up again. That's good. <laughs> That's a good yeah. theme. Yeah. I support that. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we were going to follow up with the same question for you, Stella. What have you learned from Julia? Oh, gosh. But I, but that's like the same. I feel like that's the same answer. <laughs> like, um, I guess to like, to, to be able to, um, forgive yourself, like to be able to, to forgive yourself and, and to love yourself through the flaws. I've learned that through and from her to sort of like be able to move through it, mm-hmm. whatever it is that's going on to get to the other side and to like be who you are. And instead of, instead of like living in denial or not accepting to just accept every part. It's great. She's, she's helped me with that. I actually had a conversation with my therapist pretty recently that was kind of about, um, seeing that like some of my friends that I I have some friends who like, um, they have their own struggles, um, that they go through, but like, they seem to really be able to, to do the the sort of being authentically themselves thing really naturally. Um, and they seem to be able to assert themselves in ways that I can't, like, I'm pretty assertive on the like business side of things, but personally it's, it's, it's a really hard thing for me to be vulnerable in that way. And how, like, one of the things that I think I've learned from them is, it's okay, right? Like it's okay to fall apart sometimes. It's okay to take the space that you yep. need. And if I wouldn't, you know, if I would take care of them and support them through that, I should probably support myself through that too. <laughs> yeah. So. It's true. Also, it's true. side note, like you, woo, therapy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, therapy. I know. Fuck I couldn't yeah. agree more. Thank also God, a theme man. of our podcast, I think. <laughs> Love it. One of the things Stella and I were talking about, um, the more we worked together and like the more that we thought about it was how, like, uh, you know, on the surface, you wouldn't necessarily think that Fen and Julia are really similar if you were to look at like their two storylines. But the more we thought about it, the more we talked about it, we're like, wow, they are like certain really important things are so similar, like have been aligned of, um, you know, God, what was I? I, I had like this oh, whole God, that list. was so good. I remember when we had that conversation and we came to like, we had to come to Jesus. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> it was very synchronicitous. It was like one, one like all of these things in a row were, were super similar of, you know, like of being em- empowered in their own oh, way, but also oh, wait, been I left remember. Behind, remember? Having, and, and being ripped away from everything that they knew. Mm. Their, wor- yeah. their worlds were shattered. So like Fen right. leaving Fillory, Julia being like top of her class and then like, you know, having everything handed to her to then like going and you coming to earth and, and the, the casualties and like the luxuries were ripped away and sort of like everything that they had known or thought they knew they had to relearn and re know and, and were sort of loners by themselves. Like Fen had no one, like Julia had no one and and they kind of had to fend for themselves. Right. Was that, that was that part? That yeah. was exactly it. And you actually just added on to some of it too, like, like having these luxuries and then have it like in, in different ways and having it ripped away. And then, yeah, like having people like go on to life without them and having adventures yep. without them, like I'm going back to the very, very beginning, like Julia not getting in to break bills mm-hmm. and then her best yep. friend and going on this huge adventure. And then like with everything in Fillory and like Elliot going to get magic Elliot, and going yep. to get this and then leaving Fen behind and having her not be a part of, um, 
getting magic back, even though she lives in like this magical world. And Julia has like is the greatest magician, you know. And had it not been for Fen, he wouldn't even have been the king of Fillory. Right. You know what I mean? So it's kind <laughs> exactly. of or known about yeah. the Mutt Jack. <laughs> I like to take credit for that, that Fen knew about the Mutt Jack. She did. She like, knew about the Mutt Jack. She, like, knew about the, in the last episode we had you on, like, she knew about the sword being not real. and <laughs> Right, right, yeah. yeah. And that's what I love about Fen and Julia now is, like, and, and, you know, we can't, it hasn't really shown up yet, um, but, like, the incredible kindness that they both end up coming mm-hmm. to and in spite of all the pain that they've had and, like, being outsiders, how... How kind, I can't like say too much, but how incredibly kind and open they are. What were you going to say? Well, wait, I just remembered something, but I don't know if it's a spoiler alert. Like how far, what episode you know, are we I can't on? remember how, how far, far? The We're on 208. So uh, here, uh, I'm. we're actually going to go into an episode recap in a second. So why don't we save that Let's for after that. that? But we do have, okay. Brittany, we have one more que- fun question for you. So I don't know if okay, you've cool. listened to our last couple of podcasts. Don't blame me if you haven't. Super busy, I understand. Um, but we've been That's promoting a new ship for Fen. Um, so what we want to know oh. is, oh yeah, yeah, do yeah. Do you think Fen should leave Elliot for Todd? I think <laughs> Todd for literally anyone. <laughs> I know this this season. I've just like come into so many new ships that I just don't know what to do, and I'm just like getting to the point where I'm like, can everyone just be together? Like, to, like everyone. Happy, I could totally see that. Cra- yeah, I just want a crazy, magical, awesome orgy. We had one of those. That's this what season. I want. I know, but I want to be. Yeah, at the rap party with Sarah, and I said to her, I said, why does Fen never get invited to the orgies? And then she reminded me that Fen did get invited to an orgy second season. Fen was just. She said no. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that was my fault. Let's have another <laughs> magical origin now that Fen's more liberated. <laughs> All right. I mean, weird. not that I would. <laughs> James is like, <laughs> no, but like, honestly, though, Todd is probably perfect for Fen. I would <laughs> explain it to me. I love this. I love this thing. I, I just love, like, because he's kind of one of those. Just, like, ridiculous side characters that shows up every once in a while, which I love. Like, Adam's yeah, amazing. so great. So funny. Um, Adam's great. Yeah, he's so funny. And I'm like, do you, so like, good. ad-lib all your lines? And he's all like, not all of them, but I'm just like, but his <laughs> delivery makes it feel so authentic that it's just, like, feels like it's him. Yeah. Um, and I feel like both his character is just so authentic and so is, like, Fen, and that's, like, why they would work together so well. I think it would be hilarious. I would love to see them together. <laughs> They'd be cute. Would be fun. Be they so would cute, be. Right? And, you know, yeah. it would give Fen a, a chance to dominate, I think, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be fun. yeah, we want to see that. <laughs> All right, um, episode time. So I'll start out with a recap, and, and then we can get everyone up to speed. Um, this episode unfolds as a series of vignettes, starting with Penny, who encounters the prophet Cassandra, who coincidentally looks a lot like Alice, while he's looking for the fifth key in the underworld. By reading the pages she writes, he learns what the other magicians are up to. Um, so Quentin, Poppy, and Katie are helping Harriet break into the library so they can retrieve the key, and so she can steal the Alexandria cell, a battery with huge stores of magical power. Meanwhile, Alice barters with the head librarian for access to the books in the library, and Julia and Fenn uncover the grotesque source of the magical powder Irene's been hoarding. And lastly, this episode gives us ten arresting 
minutes of Harriet's backstory. As the head librarian's daughter, Harriet was raised in a library where her mother's fearful and overprotective nature put her on a path to democratizing magic at any cost. All right, recap done. So I'm going to start with my usual question. Danny, what did you think of this episode? Uh, it was beautiful. I, I love, like, this season in particular, like... Every episode is just like so different and genre defying. And I was telling this to to Clara while I was texting her my feedback. I was just like, wow, like every episode just like basically just keeps like upping the ante. Like I was just like five is probably still my favorite. It was beautiful. But this one is pretty close behind it. Um I just, like, I haven't seen anything like it on TV. Yeah, well, and that's the the sort of first question I have for you all, um, and I promise we'll get into the Julian Fenn storyline quickly, but um, this this vignette that with Harriet, right, like this 10 minutes of silence um, where um, all of the acting is, is done without sound um, and where all of the words are ASL um, is, I think, really emblematic of the kind of daring and fearlessness that makes the magicians unique. It's like a quarter of the episode. It's 10 full minutes out of a 42-minute episode that has yeah. no sound. And it's, it's not just like no words. There's no foley. There's no music nothing Mm -hmm. but it's totally just like it draws you in completely so what's it like for the two of you to be working on a show that takes these kinds of risks and uh, Stella we'll start with you this time gosh you know what I haven't seen the episode so I I can't speak for that but it sounds fantastic and (laughs) like that sounds really cool and I, I I was thinking about it the other day and the fact that you know we've cast um or Sarah has cast um transgenders and and done such a cool job of of doing, you know, numerous things like this for our show, which I love. I, I think it's, it's, it cultivates like modern television making. Um, and it's nice to just be different and to try things. And, and also like within that, not making a spectacle of it or promoting it or trying mm-hmm. to gain traction from it, but just allowing it to exist yeah. within, within the series. And then people like, you know, just uncover it themselves, which is pretty neat. Pretty neat. Do you feel like it gives you license That's to take more so risks cool. as an actress? I feel like The Magicians is a cool playground to exercise things that. Yes, the short answer to that question is yes. <laughs> I think I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool show that is so chaotic and sporadic and random that it it allots for us to try things we've never tried to before. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. Cause you can make it up in the next episode and you can like try to figure something else out, you know, and then you can try all these different, you can exercise all these different options from your tool belt. And if something doesn't work, then you know to do it differently in the next episode or, you know, who's to say, cause you're for us, it's it to the audience. We're always Fen and, and Julia, but like, in our own heads and like, I, I don't know, I can't speak for you, Britt, but I feel like we're, I know I am like every day trying to like, I wonder if I like, you know, tried it this way or like if today I'm mm-hmm. going to do this or if I'm going to make this decision or this choice. And we do sort yeah. of get that, that sort of leeway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It was super baldy when I, I forgot that that sequence of this, the, that episode was going to be completely silent. Um, and it was, it was brave and it was ballsy and I, I love it. And I think a lot of, um, people would be afraid to make a decision like that on, on such a big show. 
And I think it's important to make decisions like that because, and like Stella said too, not make a spectacle out of it and not like make some big, you know, thing about it and in some big statement because not every single thing in life is statement. You know what I mean? Like for people who are deaf, like that's, that's their life. That's, that's part of who they are. And it's not a big statement every two seconds, you know? And so it's nice just to like, kind of go through life and be like, oh, okay, well, this is how this, or this is to the best of our abilities, how this person experiences life. And here's this other character that, like you said, like is transgender or is this, but we're not like making it there. But at the end of the day, they're just a human being um, going on their own path. And I love how our show um, really honors that in people, just the peopleness of people, you know, everyone's just a little yep. different. The peopleness yeah. of people. I like that. <laughs> I actually spoke about this recently with, um, with my girlfriend because she is not particularly fond of, um, shows and movies that like purposely try to push an agenda, like, like clearly 100%. Um, and she's like, I notice it in the magicians, but it's like, organic Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. just happening it's not being pushed on you yeah and I think in this episode it it kind of matters that Harriet's sequence is the last one because you're you're seeing all of these point of view sequences and you really get to see what's different about them so it really does put you in different characters heads and so when you make that shift to her sequence it just feels like oh of course of course this is the way this is going to be done because that's the way that she interacts with the world yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I love uh, that. It was so beautiful because, like, the way that it ends is, like, with the glass breaking and you can just, like, hear everything oh. all of a sudden. Like That gave me the chills just thinking about <laughs> it again. That part was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Rainbow Bridge. Which they yeah. shot that in a parking garage in downtown Vancouver. It looked way more magical on the show than <laughs> it in, looks really in the cool. parking garage. <laughs> when I when I saw like the blood and the blood sigils, like my very first thought though is like my favorite anime, Full Metal Alchemist, like with the like alchemy blood sigils and I was just like that's really cool. <laughs> it looked cool. really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it looked awesome. Yeah. So um moving on to Julia and Fen this is the first time we've had them paired up together. What were your reactions when you realized you'd be working together? Brittany, you first. I was so excited, obviously. <laughs> I was so psyched because I love Stella. And it's my, the first season that I was on, we never had anything together. And we didn't really mm-hmm. see each other that much. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I really like the vibes I'm getting from this girl. But like, I don't really know her that well. <laughs> and then second season, I think we started hanging out a little bit more. And then when, yeah, yeah, we started hanging out and working out together and we started hanging out in real life. And then when I heard, I think we were at the gym in my building in Vancouver when I was like, by the way, did you hear that That we're going to be working together? And I don't know if you'd heard yet. And I was so, and I was like, God, I hope this rumor is right. (laughs) Um, yeah, I like literally could not have been more excited. And then the way that's, I mean, you know, Stella can speak to this too. I don't want to speak for her, but I feel like the way, actually, she, I think you were the one that pointed to this out first. The way that we work on set yeah. is really, really similar. <laughs> like the the combination of like being serious and being, you know, doing playful. our thing, but then also being a little bit playful and enjoying the experience. And uh, yeah, so it was awesome. Yeah. How much did you yes. love working with me, Stella? <laughs> I loved it. I loved more, like, all the time, you know? Like, I, it was so nice to have female energy and to also have it so consistently and to, to like, 
there was Britney's so giving and there's no there's no like ulterior motives. It's just like two actresses that like want to have fun and and want to like give each other whatever they can to like yes. empower the other one and not tear each other down and there's no like hatred or jealousy or like mm-hmm. wanting to outshine. It's like was so cool. It was like so effortless and like yeah. so nice and like so lovely and and not like not that way that women unfortunately which I want to change so badly do that thing of like no 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 I love you you're great you know that whole thing of like Mm -hmm. and and then just like are waiting for you to like twist your ankle so they can fucking eat your soul it was like (laughs) you know it was like genuinely like what what can I do to like be here for you and like help this scene be amazing and like also like we would get like totally exhausted and like crack up giggling together. Yeah. And then like when one person was getting emotional, like the other person would like let them do their thing. And it was just like such a great support system and so much fun. And it was so nice cause it didn't feel like work. It felt like, mm-hmm. it just felt like female empowerment and like love and like fun. It was so good. I love you. Amen. I love you. Yeah. Aww. So much love. <laughs> so cool. Um, so you, you've, it's just nice. You both called yeah. this an unusual pairing in previous interviews. What do you think makes this pairing interesting? And um, Stella, we'll start with you this time. Okay. Um, I, I think what makes this pairing unusual is you would never, you would never think to put Fen and Julia together. Yeah. If you're watching the show, you know they haven't had any other interactions. They don't come from the same world. They aren't intertwined in the same storyline. So that's what makes it unusual. Um, but when you see them together, it, it becomes so not unusual, which is cool and surprised me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I remember when, when, uh, what, what did we say? It was like when we had first heard, gosh, I just lost my train of thought. Shit. Well, anyway, yeah, I don't, so I don't think it's that unusual anymore now that I've been in it. And I feel like once people see it, it won't be as unusual as you would think, Yeah, which is what's so cool. I completely agree. Yeah. It's kind of like how relationships are in life too. I think like you might see whether it's romantic or friendship, you might see two people and they might seem so different, but then like when you as a person get together with this other person, you're all of a sudden like, wait, this makes so much sense and it yeah. looks like we don't align, but like once we do it, I, oh yeah, this completely makes sense. And we're actually a lot more similar and like complement each other way more than I would ever have imagined. Yeah. yeah. Stella said and, it all. No, it's crazy. Cause it's like, you know, they write, like they don't write for like they on the show, like they wrote me with me and Alice or, or with Julie and Alice, they write things that are like, I don't know, you know, maybe not, maybe that's a bad example. I would say like for summer, for Margot and mm-hmm. Julia, like there's like these, like, you know, summer always says like, why am I always angry at Julia? It's like, I don't mm. have anything against Julia. I don't get it. So it's, it's nice to not, mm. it's like nice to have me and Fen, Julia and Fen love each just other, be on you know, not just like female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like to, and just, to like, be comfortable disagreeing once in a while, yeah. like, like for Fen Instead to be comfortable fighting, saying, yeah. 
Yeah, like, it doesn't, like, I also feel like we don't, our characters don't tiptoe around each other. Like, Fen doesn't have to tiptoe around Julia. Like, when Fen is like, no, I think fairies are evil, and I'm going to say this thing that's going to come across as really offensive. Like, she's comfortable enough in, in saying it, and, like, Julia is comfortable enough in being, like, honest with you know that's unfair without being I, nasty I to care. each other yeah, exactly they're, they're not nasty to each other which is so let's nice let's talk about exactly. it's not that let's talk about that scene which is i yeah. think what you're talking about the where um fen is is talking about the fairies and saying like you loading um up. if the uh if the fairies here are slaves then you're better off and and i think like yeah. julia does this really good job of like calling her out but in a really compassionate way and just saying because what she says is just you know there is nowhere where where you're better off if you have slaves um yeah and i think like you can see that in in fen's reaction too right like she she gets it she understands that like this is a learning opportunity and it's not just yeah high and mightiness or something yeah and i think and i don't want to well, tell, tell me, I might be wrong here, but like with Fen saying that to Julia, I think, I mean, Julia's so empathetic mm-hmm. that I feel like she, and I feel, but like, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, I feel like she sees that Fen is not a person that actually likes slavery. Mm-hmm. Fen is just a person whose daughter was taken and died and literally like the, one of the most traumatic things that could possibly yeah. happen to a person. And Fen is now blaming it on the, like, one one fairy, but then all of the fairies. Like I, I feel like Julia probably sees that she's not like, oh, I agree with slavery, but yeah. I think that the most awful thing should happen to the most awful people that did the most awful thing to me. You know, and I and I feel like because Julia used to think like that, and then like was able to rise above it, and we watch her journey through rising above it, even in this season. She says that to Fen essentially. Is she's like, yeah. man, but we can be better than this. Like, let's be, yeah. be like, let's do better yes. and rise above it. And and I remember actually that day on set when we were doing that scene. I remember I forget who's directing, but I remember I said to them, I don't want this to come off as like snide or condescending. Like, I wanna, I want to be like I to understand that. what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that we did a take where it wasn't like. And I remember they said, no, we got that. That's exactly what we got from it. Because I, I wanted to be sure that it wasn't, like, chastising and that it was, like, I, I feel you and I know where you're at and I know mm-hmm. that, like, we can we can do this better. Like, we can make it better. And yeah, I remember I, that. I know you said you haven't, mm-hmm. you haven't had a chance to see this episode again since it's uh, been cut. But from my perspective, that is definitely how it comes across. It's, it's really fantastic. That's good. Mm-hmm. And that's Good. how it came across to me every single take. Like that's why I feel like <laughs> me and Brit, we, we well we worked at that. You and I we like built that. Yeah, we, like made sure. Yeah, yeah. So I really want to see um, like a, a web series that's just like Fen and Julia's wine and cheese nights. Julia, <laughs> oh, we should do adventures. Great idea. As we characters. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. is so much fun. <laughs> Remember oh when we God. were doing self-tapes and Jason and Trevor and they like were like, are you guys <laughs> screaming at each other in the trailer? <laughs> we were in the trailer and I was helping her put an audition on tape and it was a really emotional one. And so we started like both yelling and like both crying. And, like, like I got really into your self-tape and then we were doing like two hours and then finally we hear a knock on the door and it was Trevor and Olivia and Jason. And they were like, like what the fuck? They thought we so- were really... <laughs> And at first I thought it was just Stella alone in there. And just yeah, they thought I was being weird. This and then they're like, weird. wait, no, there's another voice. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, are you guys hating? Yeah, they thought I was 
screaming to myself, which I guess Jason is like used to. And then they thought that like that you and I were like really fighting. And then I was like, no, we're okay. It's all fake. <laughs> Just kidding. Just yeah. You should warn people ahead of time before we do loud self-tapes like that in a trailer. No, please don't. It's hilarious getting these stories. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's only because the lighting is so good in the trailers. That's why we it do it in so there. In the tra- it's so good in there, man. We've seen your selfies. They've definitely got some good lighting in those trailers. <laughs> I know. That's why I take all these asshole selfies in the trailer. Summer does, too. It's not just me. <laughs> it's true. Summer's, Summer's the queen of selfies. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So this definitely seems like the start of Julia and Finn as a team. What do you think, ladies? Is this the beginning of a beautiful friendship? It seems like it. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I hope so. I hope That'd so. so. I want awesome. more. Yeah, I mean, I know there's, you know, there's more. I just hope there's more and more and more forever and ever. <laughs> I hope we get, I if we, you know, next year, I just hope that they, they can write more for us and we get into some... Who yep. knows? Some like cool journeys. Some shenanigans. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> um, I, I feel like Julia should take a friend to like like a rock concert or something. Oh yeah. I love yeah. the idea of Julia introducing Fen to like Earth things. Or like a rave. And Fen should take Julia and they could like go get weird and fillery. <laughs> <laughs> go, go go do magical drugs and fillery. I can't yeah. imagine Fen on drugs. Cool. It'd be great. <laughs> Uh, that would be a lot. <laughs> drunk, drunk Fen was great, though. Was. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the episode that just aired. I got to be drunk. That was really fun. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> then I started really feeling drunk. I get, got really into it. Oh, I love when um, Fen kind of just, like, looks at Alice and it's just like, you need to get your shit together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was your awesome. Your pain is not like my pain. Yeah, I was like, you could still get back what you lost. But I think that was also like <laughs> yeah. another great, like, compassionate call out because she's right. But it was definitely out of compassion. Yeah, like she starts off mm-hmm. with the like, you know, this isn't really the same problem, but like the end message is, hey, you can do something about it. Go do it. So she really like empowers yeah. Alice to get a move on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I actually love like all of the pairings this season, like. Um, back from like the first episode with a uh, um, Julia and Josh, which is also oh, an, an that unusual. That was one of my favorite scenes in the whole season mm-hmm. was when Julia was and cute. Josh were chatting at the party. You guys were so good in that scene. Oh my god, so good. I remember shooting that. That was fun. <laughs> Aww, I- if only I could blow smoke rings that turn into stars in real life. That would be that cool. would be yeah. fucking awesome. The best. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. It would be. Yeah. Or any smoke rings at all. <laughs> I'm good at regular smoke rings. Are you? Yeah. I don't. But I'm I wish kidding. they were stars. <laughs> um, okay, okay yeah. so um, there's, there's so many storylines in this episode that I, I don't think there's any real way for us to get to all of them right now. And so, Danny, we should definitely add this to the list of episodes to talk about more when we do the season three retrospective. But there's sure. one more thing that I wanted to make sure we mentioned, which is Cassandra. So, Danny, what do you think is up with that? I just assume that Cassandra's probably, like, related to Alice in some way. That that 
would be the only thing that would make sense or Alice from another timeline somehow. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it has to be in some way, but like, I don't know how. One thing that I did want to mention, because I, I, I kept thinking about the Cassandra story, right? That she is this prophetess who, she has the gift of prophecy, but the curse that like nobody will listen to her. Nobody is going to believe her. Um, and I was trying to think about how that played into this story. And it, it took me a while to get there, but I think it's just that, it's just that he... Uh, it's just that Penny is, like, refusing to understand and refusing to believe that, like, the pages she's writing are actually things he needs to pay attention to. And so it takes him mm-hmm. until the very end rereading that first page to realize that he had the information he needed all along. Yep. Oh, yeah. we lost Stella. Bye, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> she's having problems oh. with her connections. Yeah. Well... Poor baby. Um, while we're waiting, I can just ask you, Brittany, um, were there any last words you had on this episode? Gosh. My last words are just how excited I am for everybody to see Julia and Fenn's journey and, and see these two amazing women that have been through so much. Like, use all of that pain and that strife to um, feel compassion for each other and feel compassion for other people. And, like, how they use the, the crap in their life to actually do good things. Good. They left so many cliffhangers in this episode. I know. It's there's so much. I'm and like then curious. And then I have a feeling like next episode's not going to be able to like pick up on some of those just because it's the mu- big old musical episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. I just texted Stella. I said, <laughs> Are you alive? <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we'll pause for a second. <laughs> Any last words before we move on to fashion? Anything else about this episode, Stella? Gosh, no. No. I think, <laughs> I just we, said, I think I we said it all. I think we yeah. have it all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, fashion time then. Um, so I personally have been really obsessed with Fenn's outfits on Earth, both, both in this episode and the last one. Um, so, Brittany, are you as excited by Fenn and jeans as I am, or do you miss the Disney princess wardrobe? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was excited about Fen and jeans and Fen and real outfits. It's kind of weird. Actually, it really threw the crew off. I can't tell you how many times, like the AD would look at me and be like, "Okay, um, we got to get dressed now." And I'm, I was saying, "No, I am dressed. <laughs> I, this is wardrobe." <gasps> I, crew members were constantly like, "Aren't you supposed to be in wardrobe right now?" And I'm like, "This is my wardrobe." <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. Miss <laughs> Coolest shoes. It was cool. The, remember those shoes? We were like, those are so cool. Oh yeah, I do. They were the like Betsy Earth- Johnson. Yeah, yeah. The Fen Earth shoes are actually pretty awesome. <laughs> They're actually a little Margo-ish. Um, but Maybe I love. Maybe she it. stole them from Margo's closet. I mean, she totally would. No, she, I hope she would. That would be kind of yeah. fun. I am but, curious yeah. as to where Fen got her clothes. <laughs> I like to think that free people brought her. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. <laughs> I might. <laughs> people i'm trying to think about where the clothes are from because all the all the fillery stuff is all custom made by mogley and i do miss it i totally miss my princess dresses um but yeah i don't know where the fen real clothes are from some of it has like a little h&m vibe but some of it is is i think frillier than that too definitely not from (laughs) h&m um (laughs) oh sass (laughs) that was (laughs) all right so not from h&m we'll figure it out (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm talking about myself. <laughs> All right, go on. Um, so one of the things that I really like about it is, so last season, Fenn's fashion very much reflected her relationship with Elliot. And we, t- we talked about this the first time we had you on, that she like was wearing these things that really looked like the feminine version of Elliot's wardrobes. Um, and this, I think one of the things I really like about her coming to Earth is that it seems like she's discovering her personal style at the same time that she's really finding herself as separate from him. Yeah, I, I think the wardrobe actually really, really aligns. I'm glad you noticed with her personal journey because, yeah, the wardrobe was matching Elliot for a while, um, which was really cool and interesting. And I loved that that Mogli did that, our costume designer. And then as Fen started drifting away from Elliot a little bit, but she was still wearing her fillery clothes, um, actually Mogli started designing it with um, – like prints from the twenties. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the, the roaring, the twenties, the roaring twenties kind of represent, um, uh, liberation and all of these other things. And so mm-hmm. Mogley was taking these themes from that time in, you know, American history and putting it into Fenn's wardrobe while Fenn still stayed Florian looking and used like those types of fabrics. And so even before Fenn put earth clothes on, she still was transform transforming a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and now she's, like, totally figuring out her own thing. And even her Earth fashions aren't Earth fashions. They're just, like, fen version of Earth fashions, which is super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Danny, since I know you're obsessed with Julia's outfits, I want to make sure that you get a chance to yeah, ask yeah. Stella some questions about her wardrobe, too. Yeah, so, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I do notice her always. I'm literally always just, like, I want... I want Julia's wardrobe. Um, so what do you think uh, Julia's wardrobe says about her? Um, it's so funny because I am so bored with Julia's wardrobe. Stella <laughs> and Summer actually went out to like the stores that Mogli buys Julia's clothes and bought her entire wardrobe. Oh my god! So it's so funny. Like we all we all want what we can't have on this shit. Like, yeah. it's like I'm like Man, I want to wear. I wish I had Elliot's wardrobe. Everyone says know? that. Everyone always. <laughs> everyone always says either Elliot or Margo, like because they yeah. Or Penny. Silly. Penny's cool. <laughs> yeah, Penny. Yeah, I could cool wear wardrobe. my like, ch- my like you know hairy chest and just like let my <laughs> vest out. Um, I think her, I think her her wardrobe. It's um. You know, I think it like it's definitely changed a lot. It's and I know Mogli wanted to do a job of that of like having it sort of. Um, in the beginning, it's a lot more preppy um, mm-hmm. uh, and sort of like reserved. And I think as time goes by, you know, she transitions from like dark maroons to like a lot of lighter mm-hmm. lavender and whites. And it's it's kind of nice to see her transition from like really dark colors schemes to sort of like finding the light and like moving into the lightness, which I thought was pretty cool. Her way of sort of like navigating it. Mm-hmm. Um the bodysuits are not fun. <laughs> they are killer. And you have to Brit- pee. You have to take all your clothes this. off. Brittany, Brittany knew how many frontal wedgies I had during <laughs> our shooting. And we, it was, like, not fun at all. It was, <laughs> like, when we had to... <laughs> at least you look good. Our stunt. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, our st- oh yeah. That mm, was that's- rough. Really? That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know that sometimes there's clues to the characters' arcs in their clothes. Has there been anything like that for Julia that we might have missed? Um, it doesn't 
have to be from this season, like maybe in the past. Yeah. You mentioned the like color. I think transition. with the colors, yeah, and and I guess there was, um, gosh, there might have been a period where she was, where she was more covered up uh, than usual. I think what in regards to sort of like her sexuality and figuring out where it li- where where it lies, and and after after um, the rape and what that did to her, sort of like how to navigate that, you know what I mean? And, and what, what parts of her body she was comfortable showing. Um, so I think there might be a little bit of that, which is something that I tried to do. Um, but nothing too major. I think in regards to those are like the subtleties, right? Like I know Mogli and I discussed that. And then also the darker periods with the darker colors and then the lighter periods. And, and there is some cool hints, um, that Mogli would used throughout like the season where she would bring something that we like used in the pilot and like throw it in there to like, like a ring. It it would be like the the most subtle thing. Right. But it would be like a ring or a bracelet that we wore in like the first episode ever. Mm -hmm. And just, just to show like, Oh, you still have this in your arsenal, you know? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that was cute. Like that. Awesome. Well, you already answered which character's wardrobe you'd steal from. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brittany, I don't think we asked you that question though when we had you on before. So, yeah, whose wardrobe would you steal? I thought we did. I thought she said Elliot. Oh, it's possible. (laughs) Yeah, did I? I could. I love his wardrobe. Yeah, I do like Fen. It's so it's so beautiful. Mogli just does such God. It's so gorgeous. I really like Fen's wardrobe. I don't know. I I really do like Julia's wardrobe. Like for real, for real life. I mean, I would love to parade around in my little chiffon floor length dresses all the time. But um, I I sorry. I just I do love Julia's wardrobe. But you just look so good in it. I can't help it. Uh, all right, well, yeah. I think that's it for fashion. <laughs> now we're just like making cat noises at each other or something. So, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we are. Now we're like, <laughs> well, did you my, see? Oh, God. what? Your my cat, cat is my cat's like staring bitterly at us. Like I'm not paying attention to him, and he's very upset about it. <laughs> I know because he's a center of attention, just like all cats. <laughs> and we already we already technically forced Brittany to make cat noises with us on our first episode with her. So, oh my god, yeah, that's right. Last year they did, <laughs> and I was in person, so they had me hostage. I don't even know what to do at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, shall we move on to, to Meow VP? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So nice. th- this was a wonderful episode. It was full of amazing performances. Um, I know Danny and I both found it really hard to choose. I just love the two of you together. Um, but I think in the end, I, I really had to give it to Marley Batlin as Harriet in this one, just because that she's given so much to do in this episode and she like takes it as far as she possibly could, I think. Um, so that's that's my MVP this episode. Danny? Yep. Um, so I uh, basically, from the get-go, I was just like, Olivia. She was amazing. <laughs> um, uh, and then, but then as soon as I got to that segment of Harriet, I was just like, no, I, I think I have to agree with with Clara and, and give it to, to Marley Matlin. But I mean, she's literally amazing in everything. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I have to give it to Harriet, Harriet too, for sure. Especially seeing her life journey and how much strife oh she's God. been through. Uh, and then to come out on the other end and be this strong and this, you know, focused on her goals. You know, her. her character kind of reminds me of Katie in some ways. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I can That's see probably that. probably why they get along. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Friends. Um, so about what, what about you? Do you want to nominate anyone as an MVP this episode? Um, oh man. Um, I have, I, like, I, I seen it. everyone, everyone's <laughs> an MVP. <laughs> We've heard that before. All the MVPs. Everyone. <laughs> MVP for oh, you MVP. and for you and for you. <laughs> and for you. I'm done. I've definitely given given it to the ensemble before. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, ensemble. Uh, there are lots of great ensemble episodes. It's hard not to. Episode rating time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I know hardest question in the podcast, but Danny, scale one to ten, how would you rate this episode? Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to give it a ten out of ten. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this was such a great episode, um, just on every level. And you know, I texted you and I was like, I don't know, like. I really liked five, but I think this might be my favorite now. And <laughs> it was really hard. Um, so Brittany and Stella, we're not going to ask you to rate the episode on its merits. I think that's way too hard to do when you're in it. But I would love to know from each of you, um, and we'll start with Brittany, which, has, which episode has been your favorite to work on this season? I would say uh, probably seven and eight. Probably last, last one and then this current one. Because I think it's the ones where Fen has made the most growth, and it was really great for me to express these things that I've been wanting to express for Fen forever. Yeah, so I'd say seven and eight. Yeah, that's awesome. The Ty. monologue that the kind of monologue part that you have um, mm, with Elliot. Yeah, yeah. And the last episode, I really loved. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that was a really that was a really interesting scene. I love doing that scene. I don't know if I said this in our last episode or if I just like texted it to Danny, but like every time Fen, every time you're on screen as Fen and she like starts to well up, like I just immediately start crying. <laughs> it's like an instant reaction. <laughs> Aww, yay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet and sad. It's good, yeah, right? Like- right? That's, that's empathy. You're, you're oh, that's really making good. it happen. So, <laughs> um, Make you emo- makes me happy. Yeah. Um, well, we just, we just lost Stella, um, but we're at the end of the episode anyway. So, uh, I think I'm just going to thank both of them. So Stella, you're not here, but thank you so much. And Brittany, you are here. Thank you so much for joining us <laughs> and for suggesting that we do this. It's been really a fun treat to talk to both of you and to get to talk about a pairing from mm-hmm. like multiple sides. Um, so yeah, you're both really fun. I hope we get to do it again soon. Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> We definitely need to have Stella back on so we can interview her like our traditional style. Yeah. Yeah. She has so much. She just, she's, there's so much depth to what she has to say about Julia and the show. So a lot of insight. I think you both have that. Yeah. Uh, Brittany, th- with this episode, you're, you're, um, I don't know who is actually current, the front, currently the front runner, but you're like our Alec Baldwin or our Steve Martin of SNL. Like you've, you've been on more than anybody else. Um, and, yeah. So, yeah. I'm always so impressed. Yeah, I mean. I'm always so impressed that you have <laughs> like, like new things to say and new insights. Yeah, like you, no, totally. You always come on and then Arjun always <laughs> comes on and we almost always have Lev. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, cool. for for our friend. So you'll probably be matched with oh, him by the awesome. end of the season, but yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. We love having yeah, you. As a yeah, guest. I love art. Um, okay, so yeah. I guess I should thank the listeners at this point. So, listeners, thanks, thanks for joining us. Remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell it's called these days. The more positive ratings we get, the higher we show up in search results, which means more fans can find us and hear interviews with people like the wonderful Stella and Brittany um, that we had on today. As always, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Physical Kids Pod. Bye. 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 Mind slide. Boo boo.